Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball. Uh, we are in the gap between the Championship Series and the World Series. Um, and with Sam, we are going to go through what to expect and just have a look at the two teams that are going to be facing off. So, Sam. Yes, hi. we're here. We've finally arrived. The end. The end, yeah. The not, end. not quite as bleak as that, probably, but it is. I suppose it is the end, technically. Um, yeah. Yeah, the only time there's actually a gap in basically the whole of all of the playoffs, because we even ended up with an overlap, didn't we, because of the postponements in the uh, ALDS. And then you have like this weird yeah. little breather, because the, basically the championship series were like... Uh, Sort of non-events in the end, weren't they? Yeah, they were both short. Um, and, well, just quite dominant from the two teams that made it through, sort of. Um, and particularly the Astros over the Yankees. Um, and, well, both teams as well, even the division series, uh, were fairly comfortable, weren't they? Uh Yeah. The, well, the Phillies have just gone on this like remarkable run. Well, the Astros say fairly comfortable. They've not lost a game yet. Um, yeah, I mean the Astros are the firm favourites, really. They're the definite favourites. But yeah, the Phillies are kind of just hot at the right time. I mean, not often you see an eight-seven win team in the World Series. No, I mean it, I think it might be more often now. But they're they're both kind of. After all the the bluster and nonsense about new playoff format and oh my god why why isn't MLB exactly like how they do the Premier League where the same team wins every year? Um, uh, this kind of like the silliness that came out of some high win teams getting knocked out early on. Uh, the Astros were, I think, well they were definitely the American League favourites going into the playoffs. They won 106 games, and then they didn't lose any playoff games, and then the World Series again. Uh, they're kind of like two representations of which are. If you want to just take some nonsense to like push a narrative about the playoff format on either side, they like both represent the polar ends of the of the spectrum with this. Um, yeah, because the Phillies, like you said, are this got hot at the right time story, but also it's a weird one because of the change of manager. Is actually like basically since midway through the season they've been way better than yeah like what their win total was in the end anyway and and really it's been their their bullpen's been decent when usually it's not been the last few years it's kind of been the difference and um, but yeah like, like you say is when you look at the season long thing it doesn't necessarily tell you how good that team is right now like the the trends for the Phillies is definitely upwards. It's, the thing is, is it's absolutely ages ago, isn't it? That's basically the problem with that. I mean, it's the case in a lot of sports. If if someone was good right at the start, it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that much for like, how they are like when the you get to the playoffs. Pardon? But the Yankees really, yeah, most of their wins with a first half. Yeah, them being a 99-win um, team isn't really representative of who they were like for the bit that's near the playoffs. Um, and I know sometimes you can have injuries and stuff and then people come back that changes that. 
with Philly, with the Phillies, it was like they changed manager. Things got better. Um, and obviously Harper missed some time in the, like earlier in the season as well. But is it? I kind of the last podcast, the one before, I was sort of waffling on about like pedigree of hitters, especially in the playoffs. It's kind of what's happened with the Phillies. Is where they've had this offense that was really good in the regular season, but then they've got, they've had the big hits and they've been able to get hits off of like top tier pitching. Yeah. You you mean like Harper basically kind of, he's obviously known as that kind of top tier level of hitter. But even Schwarber is like, he's a guy that that you, you like can do it against the top guys. And even Hoskins from like, just who he's been like at points in his career, even if his overall numbers don't come out as that. There's a difference between that and like the sum of their parts teams, which don't necessarily have this kind of like unquantifiable raw talent element. Um, And some of that is just where money, where actually if you do pay for the payroll, that does seem to make a difference at points. It's like, it doesn't always make a difference. I'll just keep getting knocked out. But like, that having having these guys who have been like the best in the world at baseball from when they were like a teenager. Yeah, and this this postseason really has been absolutely incredible, hasn't he? Bryce Harper, like he's he's kind of really carried them to be honest. I mean, where well, he got the hit, that home run that sent them to the World Series. Before that, was like over a one point four APS. In yeah, the postseason, which obviously is an incredibly small sample, but. I mean, it doesn't matter, really. That's that's what he did. That is what he's done. doesn't matter how small the sample Yeah, well, like that's that. the it's weird thing with the postseason stuff, wins. isn't it? It's like, well, it doesn't really matter yeah. about the number of player appearances because if they then won those games, it's like the championship probability added thing that's been floating around recently. Like, that's just, well, yeah, who really cares? Who really cares if, like, you miss a few games the regular season? Or if your OPS is like 50 points lower than you might prefer it was. Like, if when it gets to this time, Jordan Alvarez had the same, didn't he? Wasn't it? His walk-off home run was like the biggest swing there's been from one. Like, almost the biggest thing that could happen. Yeah. And he's, I think he's got like 11.8% championship probability added. And I think Harper's like 126 or something like that. They're both like around the same ballpark. Um they're the two betting favourites for World Series MVP, unsurprisingly, as well. Um, yeah, unless it's either that or a pitcher, isn't it? One of the starters. Um, someone has two really good starts. I feel like the Phillies need at least one of their starters to be like in the MVP, have a chance of winning MVP if they're going to win this series. Because the thing with the Astros is, so, well, right. Wheeler been awesome all the way through. Nola then got lit up by the Padres. Um, and then it's like the other guys varying degrees of what you're going to get from them. The thing with the Astros is, so Verlander had that poor one against the Mariners, wasn't it? Which they still won. Yeah, right at the start. First game of the postseason. And then they won um, that. But since then, he has been good. And then they've had Fran Valdez and Christian Javier have like dominated the Yankees. And then in the 18-inning game, McCullers and Luis Garcia basically threw a start each and yeah. dominated. And that's like we knew that on paper already. 
the reason the and Astros is, are unstoppable. They've not even had Jose Akidi on the roster, who obviously last year had some like ridiculous postseason starts. Yeah. So I, yeah, their starters are just absolutely like their track record in the postseason now as well. Even like the young guys, that's like ridiculous stuff, scary. Um, and then combine that with their ballpen. I don't know you've you've seen the stats of like. The Astros' overall pitching so far this postseason? Yes. Um, 72 innings, 89 strikeouts, and like, isn't it a 1.88 ERA? Yeah. But even even how that stacks up. So, what was it? Something in terms of like ERA and like OPS, opponent OPS and stuff. Um, it's like, I think. It's so they've only played seven postseason games ridiculously, even with two rounds in. But teams that played seven or more postseason games um, since the American League National League split, it's like it's like the top five or something on like all those stats, like pitching, postseason yeah. pitching, team performance. That's so far anyway. Like you know. Obviously, they, they give it some runs in the World Series. It's not quite as good, but this kind of just shows how ridiculously dominant they've been. And it's not even that surprising, necessarily. I mean... Well, they won 106 games. Yeah, I mean, but you just look at their... Look at who they've got and like what they've done before in the postseason and what they've done in the regular season this year. And it's like, it doesn't feel like anyone's done anything that outrageous there's not it's not like they've had post, full game shot um, complete game shutouts or anything no they, they've just got so yeah. many pitches it like doesn't matter if they have to go through them and there so the Phillies bullpen has had like a couple of bad outings from people but it's of in general it's been way better their ERA for the bullpen is still like low threes so that's fine ish the Astros bullpen has given up three earned runs in the playoffs um, and their starters aren't giving up any runs and I think basically you then combine that with the fact that like their lineup is so deep. Jose Altuve, who is usually great in the postseason, has stunk up the place. That's it. Yeah. Like everyone else has done stuff, and they're also going to like that pedigree thing. There's just a load of like guys that are awesome. You just know they're awesome. Is and it's like a long track record. Even if you go with like there's well, there's obviously that. All of them, they seem like the top prospects at one point or another. They lose Correa, they lose Springer. It doesn't really matter. They just replace them and get better. Um, and I think, I mean, this is not this a it's a playoff series. Anything can happen. The Phillies, the way they're playing, it you kind of need to be playing like this to have a chance against them. But they are like because of the scandal and the fact they only won one title. They're basically like this unspoken yeah. of dynasty. They're just so unbelievably dominant and just keep getting to the World Series. They, this is their third time they've played a team from the same division in the World Series in four years. Three different teams from the National League East they would have played four seasons, which is just kind of weird. Yeah, they are... I mean, yeah, they, they are just a ridiculously like good team aren't they, at the moment, and it's like yeah, over the past few years as well, like I say, they just keep 
I mean, I think the pitching is the most impressive thing. It's like a lot of their guys now, um, they're in their rotation. Weren't even like super high prospects or anything, but like they lost like Granky and Garrett Cole. And it, it's well, just even Keiko, going back to the earlier part of this, they lost Keiko. Oh, yeah, Keiko even a bit earlier on. McCullers yeah. was an injury, has been in and out with injuries a lot. Part of this is they, um, there are a lot of similarities with the Dodgers in like the broader thing of they don't spend quite as much as the Dodgers, but they basically are clever and then pay their guys and pay to get people and keep people like Justin Verlander. And that's what it seems to yeah. be the, the clever franchise is often pitching development, isn't it? That's where they're just like miles ahead of the not clever franchises. Is you, the teams who can develop pitchers, they can develop pitchers that in another organization like wouldn't get out of single A. It seems like, and then they're like, they'll pitch like six shut out in a championship series like every year. That's like that seems to be the like the chasm between like the teams that can do this stuff and the teams that can't. And the Astros obviously like at the forefront of this, and yeah. then they also have in the lineup all of these like former top like 20 prospects or whatever they were yeah it's it's certainly it's kind of a um in a lot of ways it feels like it's almost very contrasting teams or maybe some people wouldn't see it that way um but as anyone who's listened to this podcast before over the last few years we do a lot of bashing the phillies um and in that respect of stuff you've said, that's almost like the opposite of the Phillies. Like they have had these guys that supposedly had great stuff and like, oh, we should have this like brilliant rotation and none of them really worked out. Like, um, you know, talking about like Vince Velasquez and Zach Eflin. And um, there was another one, I can't remember his name. But they've had all these guys that supposedly were meant to be those guys. Yeah. And and that, the, the the Astros have, but the Astros guys came out of nowhere. There was no, no, they, they there was no like expectation. It felt like around a lot of those guys, like Jose Kidi, for example, who's, as I said, not even making the roster this year, or um, Framber Valdez and um, Luis Garcia, those guys. Yeah. Um. And yeah, in that way, they are very opposite. And also the, I don't know, I mean, to be more blunt about it, I guess, the, the Astros feel like they do a lot of things right and do make a lot of clever decisions. And um, the Phillies don't. They just throw loads of money at Bryce Harper. And if they win the World Series, it is going to basically be probably like Bryce Harper. It's like they, they just paid... All that money they gave to Bryce Harper, it, it worked out and they lucked into a World Series. Um, but they also which... paid Wheeler, who has been completely dominant, and they paid Schwarber. So there is like, you're right about these being like contrasting approaches to team building. And where the Phillies, they blew quite a few like high prospects who just never worked out. They also traded some, like obviously to get Real Muto yeah. being the biggest one. Um it's not sustainable in the same way because the thing with the, Ast the way the Astros do it is they've just got like the same as the Rays, the same as the Dodgers. 
they've just got like this treadmill that's just throwing off these pitchers like every year. Too many of them to keep on their forty man roster half the time. Um But it's yeah, you can't really argue that when they get to the World Series and um ultimately like this is it's a weird one because they're obviously not objectively as good as the Astros. They were both top six in ISO. The Phillies, like, they mainly paid for this lineup to be, like, stacked with power. Yeah. But they still basically built a power lineup, and then enough of them have been hitting home runs. So, okay. Well, that's that's like the idea, isn't it? Is if you can't get that many hits off these, these great pitchers, make sure it's a it goes over the fence. Um, and it, it has worked for now. I think it, it's going to be really kind of incredible if they can do it against the Astros because the thing is yeah is when you look at the starting matchups and you're like well so maybe what well, it's going to be it'll be Wheeler Verlander in game one I guess and you're like well that the Phillies kind of like you feel like they need to win that game but that's like what even really between those two Yeah, and then Nola's just coming um, off a not great start, and you're kind of like, well, okay, that's probably maybe even at best than like any of the other matchups at overwhelmingly Houston, and you trust their bullpen who, more. Who even is the Phillies like fourth starter? Um, actually, I'm not sure which way. Right, so they've got Ranger Swise. I don't know if he's like third or fourth. Is he fourth? I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. Suarez pitched game three in the CS. This is going to be one of those where I'm going to be really annoyed. Bailey Falter pitched 0.2 innings, four end runs. And then, oh, well, Noah Syndergaard, I guess, could have done it. Oh, I forgot they've got Noah Syndergaard. Okay. But yeah, they're really hoping for someone to like step up beyond the first two starters, aren't they? You really kind of need someone to at least give you a couple of innings without blowing the game. Yeah, Syndergaard gave them three innings in game four of the DS. Yeah, so it'd be, I guess Syndergaard and Suarez, assuming they don't like try and get funky with it and like do Wheeler on short rest or something, uh, which is possible, I guess. Yeah, I, that's probably not a good idea, unless unless it does get to the like. Unless they're three 0 down, I oh, suppose. Three 0 down, then it's like, okay, we need Wheeler to do a Bumgarner. Yeah, although Bumgarner didn't pitch um, on uh, short rest, did he? He pitched on normal rest. That's kind of the funny thing with all of these yeah. these arse that they're having people, and it's like they're trying to get. It's like, well, no, the only part of the like success of that was he just pitched normally. It's just when he pitched, he pitched like the whole game. Obviously, and then, other than well, games. And then when he came out of the ballpen on short rest. Yeah, but he did games one and five and completely dominated. Yeah. Since then, everyone's got into this, yeah. like, oh, what if we can do one and four and start seven? And it's like, well, so you get, like, two, like, half-hour starts from them instead. It's like, I don't know if that's... And then by the time it gets to game seven, if you ever get there, it's like, well, actually, they were, they were awful, so we don't want to use them. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of come a bit of the like, there's been a real change, I think, in the way that people think of their starting pitches. And some of it's good. A lot of it's interesting. And some of it just seems like, wouldn't it be best if you had them on like for that game, you feel like you've got like a 75% chance of winning? 
Because if you're just going to use them, they only do like four innings. Just get someone else to it. So I hope I hope they don't do that. Like you said, unless they're already at the point where the series is kind of gone. Because um, you also want yeah. like multiple. It would be good to get like Wheeler versus Verlander a couple of times, wouldn't it? That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but also, if the Phillies do manage to win it, not necessarily with the, you know, maybe they don't have to have a pitch to do what Bongo did. But if they do manage to win it somehow, it's going to be like a kind of as a story for Philly fans, at least. Like on a par with that, probably. Maybe. I mean, I guess maybe it might not happen in such dramatic fashion, but with, with it's difficult to see them winning it easily. What? With Wheeler, did you say, specifically? Or no, just with the Phillies, if they managed to beat the Astros after, the, like, where they were, like, midway through the season. season so. Yeah. And sneaking in and then, like, rolling through the postseason. Everyone just getting hot at the right time. I dread to think what the conversation will be about the new postseason format if they actually win it from here. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll yeah, be. That is it will be absolutely incredible if they do it. And it's the really weird thing with baseball, isn't it? Is like, even though, like we said, the Phillies are better than their overall record shows. Yeah. Also, the Astros are like, they just don't seem like really beatable in a seven game series. The fact they had the bad Verlander start and still swept the division series is just like, there's a certain invincibility to that that's quite scary. Yeah, the, just as always, the lineup's just so deep, isn't it, as well? Yeah, and actually that was kind of what, um, with the Yankees, where like we knew their lineup was not as deep. I mean, it's not that yeah. that was like the, the complete difference between them. There's a lot of other stuff, but they got four runs over the first three games of the series. Yeah, it, but it's kind of the way it's, almost the way they've set their, line, their lineup out for the past like few years. Yeah. With the Judge Stanton thing in the middle, it's basically like Judge and Stanton have like a cold couple of games, just strike out like four times each, and it's like, well, they just lose. Well, well, even if they're not, even if it's just like they both hit home runs, but there's no one on, it's like, okay, that's yeah, that's two. That's not that's not enough, is it? That's the problem, and like. It's where the player development thing is. I guess also this Astro stuff is is kind of the same as the brave success generally and the fact they won a World Series. It shows more and more why teams do not trade their prospects. Really are really, really reluctant to trade like prospects they believe in. Because this is how you end up with a deep team. Like no one well, even the Dodgers haven't actually paid to have that deeper lineup completely. They've obviously paid quite a lot of dollars for like considerable parts of it. But like the reason they're so deep is because they found guys out of nowhere and they've got prospects in there. And the Astros, like they've been competing for this long and they didn't just like get a bit giddy at the start of their window and trade away. Some of these guys, they're now like MVP guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, have many of the guys who's traded away haven't actually panned out that much yet, have they? Well, I think it isn't part of it because they were trying with their pieces 
and then the pieces just like didn't go anywhere. Yeah, but I mean, um... but they could like they could have traded Alec Bomb, for instance, and they didn't. Yeah, um, maybe that's their change of tack slightly, because they did a bit of that. Like even when they were kind of a sniff of maybe being competitive, which is quite like a few years ago now. And this is they did some reckless stuff. Did they, they? make the postseason before this? No, this was their first maybe time in over a decade. Yeah, um, so they hadn't even made the postseason yet. Or and treasures everyone. They thought we're going to be good. Well, some of it was also there. Them trading everyone was just like they didn't have much of a choice because if they wanted players, they didn't have as good a farm, I suppose. Like, do you remember the Astros when they made their Granky trade and they sent loads of guys in it, like Toolsy oh, yeah. guys and Seth Beal was in it. It was like this recent. It was a first rounder, I think, wasn't he? But they had so much stuff in their farm. It still wasn't like they had to give away all of their top prospects. Yeah. Whereas the teams that can't do the player development as well, you end up with not as good a farm. So if you do want to make one of these big trades, it's like all your stuff goes as well. And like with the Phillies, like like Mickey Moniak's obviously one of them, where like they had these like supposedly high prospects that just like don't go anywhere. And that's, I mean, that, to be fair, like the core of this lineup is there for a while now, isn't it? Yeah. They have managed to put a team together that is okay. They are still playing um, like effectively made the it on the so corners. They've, yeah. Um, all the corners. Well, at least the outfield corners. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I've got a feeling Bomb isn't great, though, either, is he? I thought he was one of these no. guys who was like... No, he's not like a pure third... When he was drafted, it's like, oh, he might just be a first baseman. Um, but then they made trades to, like, at least address their defence up the middle, didn't they? Yeah. Which I must admit, I found weird at the time, and now it's one of those, oh, maybe they've actually aged quite well. Yeah, who did they get again? Was it Marsh and Sosa, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I can't if they got someone else. Yeah. But that was like basically part of their their attempt to make their team a little bit more a little bit well, a little bit it just being you know, stop the ball sometimes, I guess was the idea there. Yeah, as I said, the key really is the bullpen. It's like, if your lineup's good enough, the difference between a good team and not a good team is if you you just have a bullpen that can hold games together, which they seem to have at the moment. Which, like Even the last few years, then when they've had good lineups, like obviously it's not been incredible, but they've had good lineups, but the bullpen is just... Yeah. Catastrophic, to put it mildly. Yeah. Yeah, I that's that's kind of what allows you to win close games. And ultimately, I mean, the nature of the playoffs, I'm just double-checking this, but of their four wins in the CS, uh, it was two runs, two runs. Then they had a four-run one, which is like very comfortable for the postseason, and a one-run win. And it's like, well, that's that. That's the thing, isn't it? It's basically if you've got 
teams with a good, good bullpen can actually win games like that, and teams that don't lose a, a lot of them. And if you lose basically any of those in the postseason series where you're leading late on, it's really, really quite hard to win the series. Um, yeah. But you just there's there's huge volatility in any relief group anyway. But that's the thing is like even that department is the Phillies have got better, but the Astros are still better on paper. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's kind of in a way it's set up nicely in the fact that um, even if the Astros dominate it um, there's like probably going to be like historic like a historic postseason run well they could go they could go 11, like they, 11 and 0 couldn't they yeah the Shaq and Kobe Lakers of the postseason sort of thing, that isn't it? And like the pitching stuff I was talking about, it's like they 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 could like set records and stuff. And um, I said, yeah, they've just been a great team, really, despite all the cheating stuff. On whatever opinions anyone else has about them, they have just been a great team for like five years or so. Yeah, and the, um, there's something amazing about how they lose these guys and sort of get better. as well like that that's really quite ridiculous that's not meant to happen is you're meant to like take a while to replace they're just like lose an all-star each year and then just find another one yeah so they they kind of deserve it really they deserve to win it like comfortably but then also if they don't it could be quite fun and then if the Phillies manage to win it somehow it's uh well it's just like kind of like one of those great moments wouldn't it be there's also like something kind of hilarious about three teams from the same division winning the world series in four years and the one who didn't was the team that had like a historically big payroll well not the one the marlins didn't either yeah but like that's that's just kind of bizarre isn't it is they they threw all their money at it and i mean that's also maybe quite a good argument for the kind of nonsense of the baseball postseason, but like, that's not a good position to be in if you're the Mets. You might have to watch another division rival win <laughs> World Series. No, yeah, should be a good one. What's your prediction? wrap up? Oh, yeah, let's do predictions first. God, I mean, it's silly because all the stuff I just said. Obviously, it's like. I don't know. It's, it's, it seems stupid trying to predict it, but I might just go four-one Astros. I think that might be the most likely outcome, and probably the most boring. Do four-one. Four, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go four-two. That somehow, like Nola and Wheeler, do enough in two of the starts, and we get like some Harper fireworks. Um. I picked the Astros at the start of the playoffs and I sort of, there is some, teams being this good can be kind of boring but also in baseball that it's not like this is just going to happen forever. It's not like the the Durant Warriors or something where you're like no. if they, when when they were cruising through the playoffs, it's like, oh my god they're just going to do this every time. Like, even the Astros aren't going to do this again. So it's kind of cool if they are like they just keep rolling here. Um, 
Yeah. It's kind of why I said 4-1 is the most boring because it's... It's not quite history. It's not really a competition, but then it's all, they've not also completely just cruised. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That, that is a downside of that one. Have you got any, like, takes from the earlier part of the postseason? I mean... I guess we could talk about how bad the Yankees were because that's what everyone else seems to be doing, but... That does seem to be compulsory. I don't know, just the Astros on it. Yeah. I've never seen such such panic about a team that keeps losing in the championship series. Yeah. Keep winning their division. I mean keep losing the championship series. It's like the key thing really is if you're like a Yankees fan, is whether they sign Judge or not. Resign Judge. If they let Judge walk, that's when it's like, well, what? That's stupid. What are you doing? Which it seems like they're probably going to. He's probably going to leave. Um, I mean, that's going to be fascinating. They they had ninety nine wins. It's like, I mean, they they tailed off, obviously, as I said, which kind of makes the ninety nine wins in terms of doesn't feel like ninety nine wins. They are in the postseason at the moment. Is that not necessarily ninety nine win team? Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know who you blame that on. No, I think there was lot. So it's interesting. There's like, um, I was really impressive how the Guardians managed to push them in the division series. There's always like there's complete disgust when the Yankees don't sign every player that wants a hundred million dollars. And the fact that Harper and Mercado both got to the championship series meant there was like more of this stuff. But then people actually seem to always be furious. Why do all these players not play for the Yankees? Other than if that happens in any other sport, we can play this as a super team and it's ruining the sport. Um, but I guess it's different when it's yeah. the Yankees. I don't know. Um, the thing is, if you want them to spend all the time, occasionally it does go wrong, and then they end up with like like the Hicks contract, which, to be fair, at the time looked like I don't know, don't know what's going on there. Obviously, the Chapman thing <laughs> has gone very, very south in ways that, well, on the field are predictable, and quite frankly, some of them off the field quite predictable. I think. So, well, but these are people you threw money at, and all you want them to do or teams in general but particularly the Yankees is why do you not throw more money at the problem yeah it I, the it's teams like, that are run well as I was saying basically the Dodgers and Astros in the moment who are really dominant you don't just throw money at anyone it's like what well, you wait for the good opportunity and then you do it and um that's where like judge leaving could look like that where they've made a big mistake it's like you the hicks contract like that that you don't bother with that but when the aaron this aaron judge situation comes it's like yeah you extend him like they should have extended him a year ago um well i think uh, some of those other franchises would have tried to extend him we have no idea how much they tried to extend it but like a couple of years ago before you get into this he can name any price or he'll threaten to go to free agency and then you end up with he goes to free agency after breaking all of the records well not quite all of them yeah so isn't his price is now incredibly high which, i mean he's yeah. got you over several barrels at once now um yeah but yeah the yankees lost to a team that's absolutely incredible and if you look at how those teams performed what like july onwards 
that feels like the sort of gap there was between them. Yeah. It's like, okay, fine. Um, the Phillies Padres things like interesting. Like I said, I think from like the the narrative, you should go after the young star on the long contract thing with Mikado leading his team. They make the trade for Soto as well, and they get to the championship series. And obviously, it's Harper and it's Real Muto. This kind of like both those teams have had an enormous amount of hype around the last few years for making moves. Just make moves. People just yeah. wanting to make moves, even if they're and they they do they have kind of worked out for them here. Um, so I think that's interesting where it leads to. Um, although the argument yeah. for not making those contracts is not about what happens when they're still in their prime. <laughs> <laughs> they even Harper and Mikado are under contract until like it's like we would have had like a, a nuclear war by the time those contracts finish I guess so maybe it doesn't matter who knows but like it's, it's the back end of that that's a different thing right so I, th I think from like the wider conversation of how like player movement works in baseball I think some of that's really interesting in that those teams were the ones that got there yeah Although the the Braves is kind of weird. That's just the randomness, wasn't it? The Braves going out is like they were. And I mean, I guess they're one of the teams the Phillies beat, but like they, yeah, they they were even better than last year, really. Yeah, and this is the trouble. It's the trouble with there being a narrative from this. Like I say, is um, it's kind of all nonsense once it gets to the playoffs. It's amazing fun. But like the <laughs> fact that the Padres and Phillies got to the championship series rather than going out in the first round. Although it doesn't mean that the those one thing with the Padres in the championship series, um, I don't know, it was game two and six or something, or but anyway, the big hits, um, a couple of the really big hits in that series were given up by you, Darvish, yes. Um, as no, I think it, it was second start, which may be game six, I might be wrong. Is one of the no, they didn't play six games. No, they? it's they unlikely five, to have been game six. Okay, maybe it's game five. But anyway, his second start um, was actually pretty bad, I think. And he gave up quite a lot of runs. It's basically the big re a big reason they lost that series. Um, and I mean, he's just one of those guys, isn't he, that just, just knows how to do that in the postseason. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, actually, as well, the other thing if you're talking about, like, constructing a rotation and like we were just talking about pitcher development the Joe Musgrove thing worked an absolute dream for them for, like Cy Youngish candidate this year but part of the thing with them is like after him you don't really know and they just traded away yeah. Mackenzie Gore yeah all these moves they've made it's based the thing is Darvish and Snell who are meant to be like the two main guys are just really inconsistent yeah and that's actually like the worst thing in the playoffs, isn't it? That's like in the regular season, because you maybe, if you're healthy the whole time, you start like 30 games. If you like, if you like completely win your team, 20 of them, but completely lose them, 10 of them. That's like, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. Yeah. We're going to win six, we'll go over 600 winning percentage. Fabulous. But in the playoffs, it's like, well, if, but if you, if you just blow the game that you can't blow, if you just ruin ruin the must win yeah. game, that doesn't matter, does it? That's the problem. It's like, no, can no, we just have the start that does the four innings or like the five innings with two or three runs? Yeah. 
we'll take that, try and score um, some runs, rather than the guy who might be amazing, but also might not get pitch in the second inning sort of thing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a different sport, isn't it, the postseason? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about the other postseason teams quite a bit anyway, in the off-season. We'll do, when we do some more podcasts. Yeah, well, the judge, the judge race, the Grom. Yeah, there's going to be a lot going on. Um, but that can wait until after uh, this is all settled. Actual games still to be played. Yeah. There's still baseball just about left in the season. Just about. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll speak to you again after that. Yes, we'll be back. Yeah. Bye then. Bye. See ya.